The Bible is full of examples when women were in charge, had great authority, were sought out by men for advice, and were chosen for important roles. You are listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 159. Today's topic is Follow the Wisdom of Women in the Bible. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful you're here listening today. This week, we're going to talk about following the wisdom of women in the Bible. Now, you may have noticed in some church circles these days, and frankly for centuries, there's a certain attitude that would kind of keep women as second-class citizens, always in a subservient role to men. And this attitude is based on a few Bible verses taken out of context and then interpreted to mean something which the Bible does not really say, especially when you look at the overall context of everything women do and the positions of authority that they have in the Bible. Several years ago in my prison ministry at the Federal Correctional Institution in Danbury, Connecticut, I put together a Bible study on all the women in the Bible. It was really fascinating to look at the Bible from the perspective of what women were doing and what was being done to them. And I always ask the class, how did the experiences of these women apply to you and me today? It really put things in perspective and everyone enjoyed the class. One of the first things I realized in preparing for and teaching this class was that the Bible is full of examples when women were in charge, had great authority, were sought out by men for advice, and were chosen for important roles. These women were not subservient to men. They owned their power and fulfilled their God-given purpose by being true to themselves and to God. So we're going to look at a few of these women and see what we can learn from them. Now, this episode is not just for women. Guys, there are lots of lessons that you and I can learn from what God does with women in the Bible. And let me just say here as a disclaimer that even though certain women in the Bible were respected and men came to them for advice, it doesn't mean we should always do what a woman says, or a man either. Our first line of seeking guidance and obedience should always be God. Sometimes God speaks through men in the Bible. Sometimes God speaks through women. We always need to listen to God's voice so we'll know who to listen to in our own lives. 
And there are some women in the Bible who were not good influences on their husbands. I'm thinking mainly about Jezebel, wife to King Ahab. Her motives were evil through and through, and she did a lot of damage. She influenced Ahab in very negative ways. So please do not listen to the Jezebels in today's world. Now, the first person I really want to talk about is someone I've talked about several times on the Bible Speaks to You podcast. It's Sarah, Abraham's wife. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but let me just set the scene for what I do want to mention. Sarah has just told Abraham to send Hagar and her son Ishmael away. Abraham doesn't want to do this because Ishmael is also his son, which, as you remember, was Sarah's idea. But now, Sarah is worried that Ishmael will take her own son Isaac's place. We all need to hear what God says to Abraham, especially those husbands who think their wives should always obey them. This is Genesis 21, verse 12. God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman, that's Hagar. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now, this is not an eternal decree for Abraham to always obey his wife. It's just in this particular circumstance with Hagar and Ishmael. But still, we need to remember those words from God to Abraham. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. God is telling Abraham to obey his wife. It's a command. Husbands, sometimes your wife is right and you need to do what she tells you. But this is not a one-size-fits-all approach. You should not always do what your wife tells you. It's really about listening to God as to when you should do what your wife says. Wives, just because God told Abraham to obey Sarah in this one instance doesn't mean your husband should always do everything you think he should. Basically, you both need to listen for God's direction and guidance. Another woman who needs to be remembered for her courage and authority is Deborah, one of the judges of Israel before there were kings. Her story begins in Judges chapter 4. This is verses 4 and 5 of chapter 4. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Deborah is a prophet and a judge. The people respected her and trusted her as both a prophet and a judge. They don't have a problem coming to her. Being a woman is not a concern. Her reputation for being a good judge speaks for itself. She owned her power, she owned her authority, and she did what she was appointed to do. But in verse 6, we begin to see the authority that she commands. This is Judges 4, 6-9. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. 
Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. And I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. He wanted her presence with him. He felt her power and authority. Verse 9, Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, and they go off to battle Sisera. Deborah knows her authority. She gives orders to Barak. Barak willingly and trustingly obeys. And it doesn't stop there. This is Judges 4, verse 14. Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. Barak was victorious in this battle because he listened to, trusted, and obeyed the wisdom of a woman in a position of authority. Judges chapter 5, known as the Song of Deborah, commemorates this victory. And I think it's important to notice that it is sung by Deborah and Barak. Now we're going to talk about a woman in the Bible most people have never heard of. Her name is Huldah. She was a prophetess during the reign of Josiah, who was king of Judah for 31 years. Josiah was a good king and purged Judah of idol worship and other pagan practices. In year 18 of his reign, at the age of 26, do the math, he became king when he was eight, he focused on repairing the temple which Solomon had built approximately 337 years previously. In preparation for this repair work, Josiah, the king, instructed Hilkiah, the high priest, to take the money out of the temple which had been collected from the people for the purpose of repairs and pay the workers who were doing the work. Now, you can read this whole story in 2 Kings chapter 22 and 2 Chronicles chapter 34. This is the way 2 Chronicles 34 verse 14 puts it. While they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. This is referring to the book of Deuteronomy. Now, Bible historians and scholars argue about whether that was actually Deuteronomy or a collection of writings that later became the book of Deuteronomy. That's not the focus of what we're talking about, but just so you know, everybody doesn't agree on everything. Well, Hilkiah told Shaphan, the king's secretary, that he had found the book of the law. Shaphan took the book to King Josiah and read it to him. Josiah tore his clothes in repentance because of all the ways the people had broken the laws of God found in the book. Josiah then commands those present, and this is Second Chronicles 34, 21 and 22. This is Josiah talking, the king. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant of Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. 
Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. Hilkiah and those the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tokath, the son of Hashra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. So here's King Josiah, the mightiest man in the kingdom, turning to a prophet, a woman named Huldah, for guidance. The king asked a woman for spiritual advice. Now, there's a lot more to the story, which I encourage you to read for yourself. And I'll have links to both accounts in Second Kings and Second Chronicles in the show notes page on the website. The point I want you to remember here is that a powerful man asked for and obeyed the wisdom of a woman in authority. What can we learn from this? Well, guys, if there's a spiritually wise woman in your midst, don't hesitate to ask her for help or guidance. Now, all the women I mentioned so far are in positions of authority and privilege. But the next person we're going to talk about is a simple servant, or really a slave, and we don't even know her name. But when a powerful man took her advice, there was a dramatic turn of events for the better. This is the story of a young Israelite girl who had been taken captive by the Syrians. She was a servant girl for the wife of Naaman, who was the commander of the army of Syria, or Aram, as some translations of the Bible refer to this country. And you can read this story in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a great man, the commander of the army, and admired by his king. But he had a form of leprosy or serious skin disease. And here's where this nameless, seemingly unimportant Bible character becomes a powerful voice of wisdom. This little slave girl tells Naaman's wife, her mistress, this is Second Kings 5, verse 3, If only my master, referring to Naaman, would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. She's referring to Elisha. Well, apparently Naaman's wife, whose name we also do not know, tells her husband, and he tells the king. In 2 Kings 5, verses 4 and 5, that's what we find out. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I just love the way the simple advice of this Hebrew slave girl is taken to heart. Obviously, Naaman's wife thought it was a cause for hope, so she told her husband. Naaman thought it sounded pretty good. He trusted his wife, and then he told the king. The king caught the spirit of it and told Naaman to go find the prophet. And why did this young Hebrew slave girl tell her mistress about the prophet in Israel? She must have known of him and some of the things he had done, and she probably shared that with her mistress. This first-hand knowledge of Elisha's healing power gave the girl a sense of spiritual authority with which she spoke to Naaman's wife. Here, once more, we have a man of great importance, a mighty army commander, taking the advice of a woman. What does this say about the relationship with his wife that he would trust her judgment? 
quite a lot, really, doesn't it? And what does it say of the wife's regard for her servant girl? And Naaman must have known that the idea came from the servant girl. So what does that tell us about his respect for her? And then, of course, the king ends up as well following the wisdom of a so-called insignificant young slave girl. This is an incredible reminder that we need to listen to wisdom, whatever the source is. What gave this girl the impetus to do what she did? She simply shared what she knew to be true, that the prophet Elisha could help Naaman. That is certainly something we need to remember. Share your truth. Share your wisdom. Share what God reveals to you. And by the way, Naaman took the advice of the slave girl. He went to see the prophet and was healed. Now let's jump to the New Testament. I'm thinking first of Mary Magdalene. On resurrection morning, Jesus commissioned her to go to the other disciples and give an important message. This is from John 20, 17 and 18. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers, he was referring to his disciples, and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, although the Gospel of John does not say it, Luke tells us, this is Luke 24:11, but they did not believe. Their words seemed to them like nonsense. Here's an example of when men should have listened to a woman but didn't. How often does that happen today? Mary had been appointed by Jesus himself to be the first person to preach the good news of the resurrection. But the other disciples didn't believe her. Was it just because she was a woman? I don't think so. Even after ten of the disciples had seen Jesus and tried to convince Thomas, Thomas wouldn't believe Jesus had risen from the dead until he saw him for himself. So it wasn't just because a woman brought the news. Thomas wouldn't even believe ten guys either. But that doesn't exactly get the disciples off the hook for not believing Mary Magdalene. Here's a question we all need to ponder. What has Christ told other women down through the ages that has not been valued? What is Christ revealing to women today that others are not listening to? To assume and assert that God does not reveal truth to women and commission them to share it with other believers, yes, even men, is utter nonsense. And it contradicts Jesus' choice of Mary Magdalene to tell his followers he was alive. Another woman in the New Testament who's a wonderful example of someone who is dedicated to Christ and does not take a back seat in sharing her wisdom with others is Priscilla. Now, we don't know a whole lot about her, but there's a sweet little vignette in the book of Acts. This is Acts 18:24 through 28. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, that's in Egypt, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, 
though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, Aquila is Priscilla's husband, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Here is a great example of a husband and a wife working together to teach someone, Apollos in this case, about who Jesus really is. There can be a beautiful balance of a man and a woman teaching together. They each bring something appropriate to the situation. Now, Apollos was an eloquent man, and he already thoroughly knew the scriptures. It says he was mighty in the scriptures. So here is a well-educated man receiving instruction from a woman. There's no evidence that he felt superior to her. He must have accepted what Aquila and Priscilla taught him because the end result was that he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. You can almost feel the gratitude in his heart for how that husband and wife team opened up the scriptures, which he thought he already knew in and out, to how Jesus fulfilled the messianic prophecies. That's what they were teaching him. So, here we have a woman, along with her husband, interpreting and teaching the Bible to a man. And Apollos was delighted to hear the truth. Imagine that, even from a woman. It really boils down to whether a woman, or a man, is sharing truth and wisdom from God. If so, then we should pay attention. If you're a woman listening to this episode, when you have wisdom truly from God to share, I encourage you to accept your God-given authority and do as He directs you. Be full of courage and speak or write the words God puts in your heart. If you're a guy listening to this, please don't dismiss something just because it comes from a woman. Listen for the spirit of truth in what she says. It may be just what you need to hear. Interestingly enough, one of the words for wisdom in Hebrew, hachma, is a feminine noun. It should not be a surprise that women express this wisdom. I'm going to leave you with a question. Who is God appointing today to share his wisdom with the world? When it's you, are you sharing it? When it's someone else, are you listening? Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and have a conversation with someone about some of the ideas that you heard today. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome to you. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you're all set and I will send you as a special thank you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. 
If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Again, go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. As always, the Bible references that I mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on the website page. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 159. This is episode 159. And if you're listening on a podcast app, the link for the show notes page on the website will be in the description. I want to thank you so much for being here and listening and all the ways you've been supportive of the podcast, especially in sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. Again, thank you so much. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.